Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Whenever God speaks to you in life, dear heart, the voice of truth that meets the need of the broken heart is Jesus. And he speaks the truth. He addresses those issues of disobedience and rebellion. But he doesn't do it with condemnation. He does it with love. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentanko is the conclusion to The Carried Prayer. That's The Carried Prayer, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with today's Reaching Your Heart. Now, let's go to the other poll. You ever pray a prayer you just felt like it was an awful prayer? You know, went up, bounced back, you know, like a ping pong, didn't go up. You felt like you were sullied. You felt like your sins were just messing it up and gumming it up, right? Now, it wasn't the perfect prayers only that ended up in Jesus' lap that day. Every prayer prayed in sincerity, whether it be a messed up prayer or a great prayer, was placed, was mingled with him from Gethsemane to the cross so that he was able to embrace the collective consciousness of the human race from Adam to the end. And that puts you in the mix. You're part of what was mingled there at the altar. And friend, if you're struggling with evil in your life, if you're struggling with sin in your life, and you don't know how to pick yourself up, you feel the repetitive power of evil, then you on your knees with a prayer that's imperfect, that prayer in faith can mingle with what happened at the cross of Calvary. Because God didn't ignore any of those prayers. They were given to that angel. Look at verse 3 again. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to mingle with the the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. Friend, here's the point. When Christ began to feel the sins of the world, he began to pray for us one person at a time from Adam to the end. And there's not a part of your life he did not embrace with his prayer for you. Now, there are three movements in this verse. We see prayer on the move here. Movement number one, the angel came and stood at the altar with the golden censer. The altar is the place of sacrifice. The censer is kind of like a mini altar. You put the coals of fire in it and the incense goes up. It represents prayer on the move. And so the altar is the place of sacrifice. Jesus died at the altar outside the gate for us. Hebrews 13, verse 10. Paul says, We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the body of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the priest is a sacrifice for sin. Where are they burned? What does the text say? outside the camp. And look at verse 12. So Jesus also suffered where? Outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. There was an altar of sacrifice on the summit of the Mount of Olives, the altar of the red heifer. The book of Hebrews indicates the cross of Christ was placed next to that altar. We could see the veil of the temple. 
And there Jesus died for us. That means that Jesus died at the altar on earth and that He prayed for us right there. Now you know what He prayed? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He prayed to His Father and He said, they're all ignorant. Forgive them anyway. And so He laid the foundation for His work in the heavenly sanctuary. The cross of Christ is the altar. And so this first movement starts on earth where Jesus prayed for us. The censer holds incense and coals of fire. What does that mean? Hell and prayer met at the cross where the burnt offering was. Why is it golden? Why is the censer golden? When Jesus came to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed for the human race, not just collectively. He prayed for every one of us individually within the framework of his mind. Time stood still for him. Every life became a focus that deserved infinite attention in the atonement for our sins. He prayed for you before you were ever born. Look at Isaiah 13, 12. This is one of my favorite verses. I gained it from the spirit of prophecy and I've cherished it ever since. I will make a man, God says, more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. The golden censer is gold in the angel's hand because people are precious to God in Jesus Christ. When your prayers come to God, they're carried in a golden censer because every single person is more important to God than the gold of all the world. Christ Himself, in a better sense, was the golden container, full of fire that held the condemnation, the judgment of every person in His head. It was working through at the cross. And through history, He dealt with the atonement. Time stood still on Calvary's cross. And when it was over, the fire had done its work because a man and a woman are more precious than the fine gold of Ophir. So movement number one, let's review. The angel came and stood at the altar. Christ came and stood at the cross of Calvary. Movement number two, the angel was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of the saints. Mingle. In other words, his prayer, our prayers came together as one prayer before God. So what does this mean? It means, friend, that Jesus prayed a lot for God's people at the cross, not a little. It means that Jesus mixed his prayers for us with our puny prayers. It means that no prayer is a lonely prayer. Underline that idea. Because at the cross, our prayers and His are one. Christ prayed for the world that prays to God and together at the cross, His prayer becomes the prayer of the human race that will come into the presence of God. There are times when we pray and it seems like those prayers fail. But the cross did not fail. Thus the prayer does not fail. Christ takes this feeble and fail prayer that we often kind of mouth out in thy name and we ought to say in Jesus' name because that's where power is at. And he carries them with his powerful and effectual prayer and his sacrifice in the fire into the presence of God. And there the Holy Spirit lays it before God the Father with the cross of Christ. That's what happens to our prayers. And so, dear heart, if you're struggling with sin in your life and you think God doesn't care, this does not mesh with the Bible. God cares so much for you that He has linked you with infinite power in Jesus. The cross is the altar, and at the altar, every prayer of humanity found its answering in the suffering servant who died as our sacrifice. Dear heart, Christ is golden. He is the censor. He holds our prayers. He carries them into the presence of God. So let's review the movements. Movement number one, the angel came. That's Christ. He stood at the altar with the golden censer. 
Movement number two, the angel was given much incense. Key word, to mingle with the prayers of the saints. Our prayers are not lonely prayers. They are mixed with his perfect prayer. And now movement number three, the angel carries the prayers from the altar of sacrifice in the outer court. In other words, from earth here on earth, to the golden altar before God, which is directly in the presence of God. Christ took everything with Him when He ascended to heaven. You know, when He said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. How many of you believe He meant it? You know, there are people who don't believe He meant it. He meant it. He took that attitude of love and forgiveness into heaven, His ascension. And we are told that when He came into the presence of God, God said that all the angels of heaven worship Him. And then the divine glory was manifested and eternal arms enshrouded the Son in the glory because of the sacrifice of Christ. Because God is a forgiving God. Revelation 8.3 again. Another angel came. That's Christ. Stood at the altar with a golden censer. That's the cross in the outer court like the bronze altar. And He was given much incense. God prayed a lot in Jesus for us to mingle with the prayers of all the saints, to take our prayers and His and make it one upon the golden altar before the throne. That's heaven where God is at. A movement from the outer court into the holy place ministry of the heavenly sanctuary. That's what the trumpets introduced. Now, this is not a study on the seven trumpets, but if you follow the trumpets through, you'll notice the altar, the golden altar, is the focus until the sixth trumpet. In the sixth trumpet, there are voices coming from the golden altar before God. But when you move to the seventh trumpet... It's no longer the holy place. It's the Ark of the Covenant. Revelation eleven nineteen. Then God's temple in heaven was opened and the Ark of His Covenant was seen within His temple. So from the sixth to seventh trumpet is a movement from the holy place to the most holy place. That, my friend, is the essence of the Adventist message of the sanctuary embedded in the trumpets. And Revelation 10 is the great disappointment of 1844. The book of Daniel is opened. It's bitter. It's first sweet, then bitter. And then Revelation 11, the French Revolution, describing the attack upon the Bible when the book of Daniel is open. So we have a movement from earth to heaven at the beginning of the trumpets, into the holy place, the golden altar. And then after the sixth trumpet, in the seventh trumpet, it moves from the altar to the most holy place, the Ark of the Covenant. So Jesus ascended to heaven with all our prayers inside of him. He went to God for us. He carried them into the presence of God. Now think about it. He prayed for you. Just you, as if there was no other. And that's what he's still doing. He's praying for you, as if there is no other. And when he was resurrected, he carried you. Paul says, we have been brought into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just like the high priest takes the 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, with their names right on his breastplate. And he brings them right into the sanctuary. Christ took us and our psycho-personality, our identity in himself, into the presence of God to show there is no barrier because we have carried prayers that come to God. So there's no such thing as a lonely prayer warrior if we grasp the truth that Jesus prayed for us and he still does. The most important part of your walk with God is prayer. I'll say it forthrightly. You know, you can learn all you want to about Bible study. That's great. And I teach it. But the single most important thing for you to be saved, practically, is to have a meaningful prayer life with God in which you are honest to God, in which you listen to God, and you learn to obey God on your knees when you go into the secret chamber. 
You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. I'd like to share with you a statement from the book, The Cross and Its Shadow, by the great preacher Essen Haskell in chapter 7, page 61, an early Adventist preacher who was an evangelist and man of God. Deep insights in the book. He writes, John saw the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascend up before God. Our prayers made fragrant by the righteousness of Christ our Savior are presented by the Holy Spirit before the Father. To John in vision it appeared like a cloud of smoke bearing the prayers and fragrant incense up before the throne of the Infinite One. The weakest saint who knows how to press his petitions to the throne of grace in the name of Jesus, the sinless one, I like what he says here, has all the treasures of heaven at his command. Having the richest millionaire of earth sign his checks at earthly banks would in no way compare with the privilege of the Christian. And then he continues to write. He gets better. The name of Jesus is often added to prayers in a meaningless way. We're living in a time when people don't even pray in Jesus' name. In thy name. It's the great ecumenical prayer. In thy name. Go ahead and pray in Jesus' name. Because there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Let the name work for you. He says the name of Jesus is often added to prayers in a meaningless way. Many prayers are spoken for a mere form of worship and rise no higher than the head of the one who offers them. But every prayer of faith reaches the ear of God of the universe. David understood what was typified by the incense and prayed, Let my prayer be set before thee as an incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. He continues, As there was no other part of the daily ministration, that means the holy place ministry in the sanctuary, that brought the priests so directly into the presence of God as the offering of incense, So there is no part of our religious service that brings us so close to the Master as the pouring out of our souls in earnest prayer. The reason why people lose a sense of Christ's presence is they do not pray in the closet and together. You know, if you're having trouble, come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night. You can find 101 reasons to stay away from prayer meeting. None of them are good. Unless you're working, you don't have a choice. Find a small group. We even have a little prayer meeting on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock right here. Come to the prayer before the church. There is nothing more profound than that for your life. Hebrews 7.25 is one of those verses that is a mainstay for me when the devil throws the kitchen sink at me. You know, I've had the kitchen sink thrown at me a few times. But here's the good news. I have a high priest who throws the kitchen sink right back at the devil. He does. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes? You've got to overcome the sometimes of something a little more obvious. Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save sometimes. What does it say in your Bible? To the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he what? Now the Greek word for always is pentata. Every then, every moment, every prick of time, every single instant of time, he's able to save since he always 
Every single instant of time lives to make intercession for them. Christ is with every single piece of the fabric of time itself. And we think it's now segmented into little quanti like Planck's constant in physics. Every measure of time is given to praying for you. That's what Jesus does with his eternal heart and mind for you. Friend, Christ is the door, Christ is the way, and Jesus is the means by which we draw near to God forever. Why? Because Jesus never stops praying for us. And his prayers will save you. You know, I have had times in my life when I fell into sin, and I didn't like it. Anybody with me? I fell into sin. You know, I got going, I got real proud of myself, thought I was doing fine, someone more righteous looking than me, you know, kind of perfect looking, led me to believe that that's the attitude you need to have. And before I knew it, I fell. And you know what I appreciate about Jesus? Jesus knows that I'm frail. He knows that I can falter. And I have found him to be very tender and merciful to me when I have sinned against him. And why would I want to stay away from him? You see, our strength is in the presence of the Lord, not out of it. And thus prayer links our imperfect hearts with the perfect merits, the perfect life, the perfect presence of Jesus. Christ carried our prayers in the presence of God, and Jesus carries them forever because he is God. You carry something you treasure into the presence of a king. At the cross, God proved that we are precious to him, more precious than the gold of Ophir. And he never let go of us and our prayers. My mother used to carry me when I was small, and she never stopped doing it when I grew older. She carried me in different ways than she did when I was a baby. I learned the power of prayer from my mother. I didn't learn it from a theologian, didn't learn it at seminary, didn't learn it from an evangelist, I learned it from my mother. She started her life as a beautiful young girl. She ended her life as a broken old woman. She was once beautiful until she married my father, and he broke her health and her beauty too. She lost her beauty to stress. She didn't deserve it. And she lost her mind as well for a time. But she didn't lose Jesus. That's the beautiful story of my mother's life. Evil men can change in time. And my dad was evil and he changed. My mother would pray for him. Even after he left her, she never stopped praying for his change. And my father changed from a narcissist who only cared about himself in good times to a broken man at the end of his life with broken health who had a broken heart for Jesus, who came to care for others, including my mother he had abandoned. In fact, one of his last acts of life was to call and have my mother come home, to come to his place at Fletcher where he was at, and to hear his earnest, earnest repentance and apology to her for sinning against her and not valuing her as a Christian mother and his wife. And even though he left my mom for another, my mother, as I said, never stopped praying for him and all of us too. She carried us with her prayers. It was huge. When life is hard, friend, prayer can get real earthy down here. It needs to be honest and real. I can remember her praying in the night with tears and fear, praying down the unbelievable challenges that she was facing and she didn't have the resources because of her mental illness, and she would pray. It would come from the gut. It would be honest, and it was just the right way for God to hear it. You know, I think if religious people were hearing my mother pray at night, they'd probably think, oh, what an awful thing to do. Be quiet, Bonnie. And, you know, I heard people say that to my mom on many occasions. Be quiet, Bonnie. But my mom would pray. 
in the way she knew and she had to, to stay a Christian with her illness. She had schizophrenia. My mother had more trouble than anyone I know. I've met many people with troubled lives. I've never met someone more troubled than my mother, and I'm not trying to diminish anyone's trouble. And yet she prayed more than anyone I know. I can remember leaving the house every morning for the three-mile walk to school as a young boy. And standing at the door, she'd get up early. She wanted to make sure that as I left to school, she was standing at the door to pray for me loudly so I could hear it all the way down the road as far as her voice could carry. She would pray for me. The neighbors thought she was a nut. Maybe she was, but not to me. You know why? Because those were powerful, effectual prayers. Standing at the door, she prayed loud, and all the neighbors heard it, and I heard it all the way down the hill. I could not escape my mother's prayers. My mother lived in a prison of sorts. Her illness in her house and her circumstances turned our home into a zoo that was much like a prison for her. She carried us when we were children, and yet when she couldn't carry us physically, she carried us in her prayers every day of her life when we were older. It's funny, ten years before she died, her sanity returned to her, and she was able to live without these voices in her head, which comes with the illness of schizophrenia. And I learned in that nursing home she was always praying for her children, for my brother who attended her in Florida in the last years of her life. So we left the zoo to go to school. I went to an Adventist school. Godly people brought me in sheltered me under the great protection of this church and its message. She was left at the zoo to live on and to kind of make the money and make ends meet. My mother, as I said, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia shortly after I was born. But you know what? I don't even think of that because I think of someone who overcame every one of those fears through prayer. She would stand at the door with all her fears. And I want to just tell you the kind of thing she prayed. She'd say, God, save my children. Oh, God. The neighbors would hear it. Would that embarrass you? Well, it did me. It embarrassed me, but not in time. Oh, God, keep them free from all danger. Don't let them go over Fool's Hill. And she looked at me, don't go over Fool's Hill. Oh, God, humble them so they will walk with you and love you and obey you. Discipline if they have to. Oh, God, save my children. She would never stop praying that kind of stuff. You know, there were times I was frustrated with it. And then she'd use my name, Michael David. Remember Michael David, oh God, save him from himself. (sighs) I never have forgotten those prayers. They have been mixed with my life. I find myself doing a little bit too. In fact, sometimes it embarrasses people. I don't mind praying in public for someone in Jesus' name. I don't care who's looking or not. I learned this from my mother. She would pray for me in public. She was not ashamed to use the name of Jesus. She didn't care if someone called her a loony tune. I have seen people laugh at my mother for praying those earnest prayers. I'm so grateful she prayed them. And I'm not ashamed of the carried prayers. Those prayers are with me forever. She taught me the practical power of prayer to face the dangers of the day and the fears. There were times in this building project when fear gripped me at a level I have not communicated to you because the hosts of hell were trying to destroy this church. And I remembered how my mother prayed, and I would pray sometimes like her. She showed me the way by her troubled life 
that God carries you when you fall. God carries you when you can't make it on your own. God carries you if you're struggling with sin or mental illness. God carries his people through the power of the prayers of Jesus in the heavenly sanctuary. And the carried prayer is, in fact, Jesus' perfect prayer that carries you because we are mingled with Him. It is a common prayer that is lifted through the Holy Spirit as incense to God. And Christ's prayer for you, friend, is proof positive, dear heart, that God saves you in Christ every day of your imperfect life with a perfect righteousness because God cares. The God who cares carries the prayer. Friend, I say this directly. Never stop praying and never forget that every prayer of faith in Jesus' name is the carried prayer. Dear Father God, we are not safe unless we are nearer to Thee. Lord, the sanctuary message is not a message about you know rams and goats. It's a message about Jesus, about an open door and a way that leads us in about a methodology that's part of your character that carries our prayers because you carry us into your presence. Lord, what an awesome truth that you love us so much that even though you are a holy being that hates sin, you have found a way to bring sinners into the throne room through grace. We rejoice in this truth. We rejoice in Jesus. Bless your people every day with the carried prayer. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Reaching Your Heart each weeknight here on WAVA and on Sirius XM. We have a very special event planned for you this Sunday night at 5 p.m. Our guest speaker is pastor, author, and global evangelist Mark Finley. He has held hundreds of evangelistic meetings in over 80 countries, and he's here to inspire us with a devotional message. You'll get an opportunity also to meet our own Michael Oxentanko. It's an evening you won't want to miss. RSVP at reachinghearts.org slash radio dinner, reachinghearts.org slash radio dinner. Once again, reachinghearts.org slash radio dinner. Hope to see you there this Sunday night at 5 p.m. at the Reaching Hearts Church. And once again, that address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.